Hey, Web3 Explorers, find out today how Gala Friends is enhancing its gaming and entertainment ecosystem with a bundle of desirable features other social networks just don't offer. And learn more about over a dozen truly fun and gamer-friendly titles Gala has or will soon be launching, including one Hold'em competition fans will see at the tables. Then we head over to Makana to learn about Mochaverse's next big experiment, a captivating cosmic hunt where mocha holders can dig for remarkable relics. All this and more on today's special Edge of Gala and Mochaverse Moment episode. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Edge of NFT, the podcast that brings you the top 1% of Web3 today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts of the business side and also the human element of how Web3 is changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's sponsored episode is recorded live in downtown LA. It's the beginning of a new series we're calling Edge of Gala, where we explore this unique and vast ecosystem crossing gaming, music, and film. I'm joined by Jason Brink and Neil Herron, and we'll talk a little bit about these gentlemen and get into what they're doing together. Jason, AKA Bitbender, is the president of blockchain and boring speak for those who must have a title, and he's the founder. And Neil Herron is the CEO and founder of Rep. And they're doing a lot of building in the metaverse with Play to Learn, robots, planets, all sorts of other fun projects. And if you don't know already, Gal Games is a community uplifting powerhouse defining new frontiers in Web3 entertainment. So guys, it's great to have you here in person. Jason, I don't know if we've had an IRL moment in a while. We haven't, man. It's been a long, long, long time since we've been able to, to actually connect face to face. So it's great to be here in beautiful Los Angeles. And I always have a problem with Los Angeles, man. I grew up in California. Yeah. Wheels are coming off a little bit, but it is nice to be back here anyway, to be hanging out with everybody. I will say the food scene keeps getting better and it really still is an epicenter of creativity and, and culture, you know, across all the different areas of your ecosystem that you've been busy building. What's been going on since we last got together? That's a really big question. It's a really big question, man. There's there's a lot that's going on right now in in our space. Gala Games, as you know, has been pushing the boundaries in everything that we've done since day one. And some stuff that's coming up that's pretty important to us is we're in the process of bringing new people onto our L1 Gala chain. This is one of the reasons that Neil and I are here together. We're pushing hard into music and film. We've got game launches that are just stacked up throughout the end of the year and lots more coming to the platform. You know, a few things are coming to the platform really soon. Champions Arena is launching next week. We've got Poker Go that's launching in September. We've got, you know, Q4 launches for a few different titles. You know, pretty amazing stuff coming out and I'm, I'm very pleased to be part of it. Yeah. I mean, that's why we wanted to do these seri this series, right? There's not a lot of companies that are building so much right now, that, like you guys, and there's a lot to unpack. So it's going to... More than I can personally keep track of. Like literally every time I turn around, we're doing something else that I was unaware of. And it's, it's a great opportunity to, and this is one of the reasons that we wanted to do this with you, to sit down and kind of drill into some of what's going on in the ecosystem. Yeah, hopefully it's like a forcing function for you guys cataloging all this amazing stuff you're building. Yeah, it would be nice, it'd be nice. Well, let's, let's cover some of the games that you mentioned and we'll go into more details on, on why you guys are, have come together. But tell us a little bit more about Champions Arena and, and Poker Go. Sure, so Champions Arena is a fully mobile game that is launching here very soon. It is a RPG, it's kind of a, a, a Korean style RPG battler. Very, very fun, extremely high production values. It's an absolutely gorgeous game if you haven't had a chance to look at it yet. So that's launching, One Universe is our development partner on that in Korea, and I 
have honestly not been this excited about a game in a while, so it's definitely worth checking so, out. So when you said the word fun, I heard the word addictive, like that this is actually, oh, it's, it's, this it's, is it's, like, the, one of the reasons you don't know what's going on in your company is because you're too busy playing Champions Arena. See, I really wish that that was the case. I really wish that that was the case. I think I've been able to put like one or two hours into Champions Arena. That's all That's all I've been able to, to put time into it, but it is extremely fun. It reminds me, did you ever play Final Fantasy VII? I've played Final Fantasy. Okay. You've not played seven? Not seven. Okay. Maybe we can't be friends anymore. Alright. I'm, I'm going to play it this weekend. Okay. How about that? Well, just cancel the next week and a half and, and, you know, just really, really lean into it. It has the same, it has a battle system that for me is very reminiscent of Final Fantasy seven, which is one of my favorite, my favorite games of all time. And so it's, it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. And then what's unique about Poker Go? Because there's, there's been other poker games out there, right? But it's a fun genre. It is a fun genre. One of the things that I think is very unique about Poker Go is that it has a sweepstakes-based system of, of earning built into it. So essentially, you come in, you play, and by playing, you are essentially earning spots in a sweepstakes, a leaderboard-based sweepstakes, with actual, you know, gala-based prizes, so I think that that's a pretty cool thing. The thing is, is Poker Go, okay, Poker Go is the company that is responsible for pretty much all of the global broadcast poker that you see, so World Series of Poker, all of that, they, they do all of the broadcasting of all of that. And for many, many years, within all of those broadcasts, there has been advertisements for the World Series of Poker application. There is not any longer. There is now advertisements for Poker Go Live from Gala Games. And so that's something that I think is pretty cool. And, you know, the, the Poker Go logo is going to be on the, the felt at the World Series of Poker and all of that. And in fact, you can see some of this stuff on TV right now, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's exciting because we talk about what's it going to take for, for mass adoption and it's partnerships like this actually happening, coming to Correct. fruition, and getting actual with, players with, we're actual talking games, millions yeah. of eyeballs here. Millions and millions and millions of eyeballs. So that's something that we're very excited about. And it's a very, very fun poker game. So I think that a lot of people are really going to enjoy that. Cool. Well, I, I've gotten to know Neil a little bit this morning. And I, I think, you know, the history of how you guys got together and what you all are, are, are building, we should definitely go into. When did you first meet Neil? Let, let's do it. I'll, I'll give a little tiny brief introduction here. So Neil, I met Neil because my boss, Eric Schiermeyer, okay, who is the founder of Gala and was one of the co-founders of Zynga, sent me an email that was a foreword from Neil. Okay, Neil was saying, hey, we've got this thing. We'd really like you to talk about it. And Eric forwards me a lot of these things. So if you ever send Eric an email with like some inbound request that you're looking at something, it's very likely that I'm the one who will go through that and follow up on it. So if you don't hear back, it's probably my fault, my bad. So that's how I met Neil. And we were able to get together then and start talking about things and found that we were just extremely well aligned. How about you, you tell him a little bit about Rep, Neil? So Basically, we were very aligned with how well our visions complement each other. So I can briefly talk about the, the whole, about REP, the social network. I mean, we'll, we'll get into that, but you started REP when? So REP was started about nine months ago, and it was done to help our game robots have more engagement, create different kinds of users that could interact with the ecosystem. So. In, in robots, for example, you can build robots like Lego and you can explore space. Robot building is kind of complicated. So how do we add more, more variety of different kinds of players into that ecosystem? So we decided to create a social network and users can find robot parts in the real world and they can interact with each other by trading robot parts. Maybe they don't want to play the game, but they want to trade robot parts for other types of NFTs or other types of in-game items, right? Yeah. So. I mean, that's going to be really exciting as you kind of merge those worlds together. And just to sort of touch on the synergy that you had with Jason and Gala a little bit more in depth, how do you guys look at the creative process of, of building 
games and, and what's different about sort of adding the blockchain piece to it? The blockchain piece, so if, if I go back to like Web2, so you think of a social network in Web2, you know, your name, your user ID, your account, whatever, would be some entry in a database. Whereas in blockchain, all of that stuff is around a different way of thinking, like your wallet address, right? Your, everything is around that. Everything is centered around you owning your data, and it's not anything to do with the database anymore. So that's a fundamental shift between Web 2 and Web 3. And what we're really doing is we're trying to take the best of what was working with Web 2 and bring it to a period in which we believe people are ready for owning your own data, data privacy, right? And also hopefully, you know, different ways of thinking about censorship. So. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate sort of that. What, what got you excited in particular to, to work with Gala? I mean, obviously, they, they're juggernaut. They're building a lot of great games. You know, one of the leaders in, in that side of the space. What was it about sort of the chemistry that you felt with, with your, your background in gaming? So I, I believe that... I, probably tell them about actually knowing Eric, too. So I would say that my pivot in gaming... So originally I was building games, the traditional types of games that you would expect from Xbox, PlayStation, that sort of thing. And when I... So I was interviewed by Eric at Zynga. And Eric is the one that offered me my first job. In this, in this kind of gaming. So where you really had to think about user experience, you had to think about making things, what they called at Zynga, stupid simple. And that, the importance of creating stupid simple interfaces that lead to really powerful experiences was drilled into me pretty much every day of working at Zynga. So full circle back 15 years later, it may, I didn't have to go into that way of thinking with, with any of these guys because I know Eric is the one that was responsible in teaching me so many of these ideologies to make things simple. So that pretty much made me think a certain way for these 15 years. So everything I, I was really focused on working on building has always been around user experience first. So that's primarily what we do. I really appreciate that. I was talking to an investor and friend of a, another company in the space the other night, and I think he was saying he, he lost his tokens, he doesn't know how to get to them, and that might be an indication of why that company is struggling. I think we overcomplicate things a lot in Web3. And Jason, I think we've talked about this before, that the key to mass adoption, one of the other keys is, is simplicity, but that word, means different things to different people and can be applied in so many different ways. It really is about boiling it down to super, super simple, right? Well, it's the thing that you always have to ask yourself in this space is when you say simple, do you mean simple for an engineer or do you mean simple for my grandmother? Okay, because a software engineer and my grandmother are going to have very different levels of experience, but the majority of people who use digital products tend towards my grandmother's end of the spectrum. Okay, now she can barely use a computer. It's tragic to watch sometimes, but it's that degree of simplicity that we have to design for. Okay, and one of the things that we see about some social media networks and things like that is they have made it quite easy to go there, click on the post button, say whatever ridiculous thing you want to say. And I think that this is interesting because rep presents a new way to look at social media and a new way to look at that experience without making it difficult for people to engage with, which I think is absolutely critical. Well, let's talk about that. But I mean, an analogy, I was helping my mom with getting on my Netflix account this week, and they give you four ways to do that now. You got the QR code, you got the link, you got the password option, and we figured it out pretty quickly. And, and that was an achievement for my mom and I interacting on technology. She's in Boston, I'm here. 
And you know, that popped into my mind as you're talking because that's how simple it has to be when we're talking about gaming and music and all these things, right? That makes sense. So you mentioned this new social network, which you all are building together, Gala Friends. Sounds really exciting. Would love to dive into to what that looks like a little bit more, Neil. Sure. So really, as a for phase one, the basic social network is going to be what you would already expect from social networks like Twitter or any of the other ones. I don't know what to expect from Twitter. That's a good point. (laughs) So simplicity, right? So users will be able to create posts, be able to interact with each other, much in the way you you already expect. The other component is the gamification and the geocaching component. So it's very much centered around the map and treasure hunts and being able to find treasure, treasures, Treasure chests can have music, it can have videos, it can have secret messages, pictures, but it can also have NFTs inside them. And so imagine a social network revolving around this treasure hunt component where it can like it can facilitate a vision where all of the various aspects of the Gala ecosystem can be brought together in a seamless way. So that's the vision for Gala Friends. It's really, it's really exciting. Now, with other social networks, there occasionally you can get into a situation where people are DMing each other in real time and interacting, you know, close to real time. And then there's also opportunities to sort of interact statically at different moments. I imagine there'll be a little bit of both in this network where you can get together with your friends and do things, but you can also sort of interact at different times as someone that happens to go to bed early or something? I wish I could answer that question to the full depth because there's so much being planned and, and Jason's very well aware of some of the cool stuff that we're doing in terms of player interaction. Let's just say that whatever you expect right now from multiplayer player interactions, we're definitely pushing the limit on, on many of those things. But yeah, you'll be able to see your friend online. You'll be able to play a, a gala game with your friend and you'd be able to explore treasure hunts or any of the things that around geocaching, this more higher level of engagement, make these kinds of mechanics, you'll be able to experience with your buddies online. So That makes sense. It's a bold decision to build a new social platform at this moment in time. And I'm sure not one you took lightly, Jason. Why are you building this platform? To be clear, we're not the ones building it. Neil's the one building it, which is one of the things that I love about it, because what it demonstrates is that GalaChain is growing up. GalaChain is now ready to bring on external developers to connect with people and have other people build on the infrastructure that we have created, which is profoundly impactful in ways that people don't yet understand. So pay attention. This is very important. It still begs the question, though, why this is one of the early infrastructure projects you wanted to support, right? It seems like a pretty fundamental thing, but it has to be done the right way. So so, so what are some of your thoughts on that? So for me, the things that are most important, right? Okay, anytime you look at a social media network, and it's actually kind of, kind of funny because we were going to drop the announcement and the morning that we were going to drop the announcement that we were partnering and working together threads launched like that morning and we're like okay pump the brakes here for just a second i don't really feel like getting in the water with zuckerberg you know when he's trying a new thing right Let's let's just let's make sure you guys have your own moment yeah let's just let that one slow down for a second and and wow did that slow down you know, it's still like turgidly circling the bowl, but nobody uses threads, I don't think. Do you know of anyone that? I, I jumped on the first week. I mean, we're trying to figure out how much of a presence do we need on it. It's the question, but it reminds me a lot of Clubhouse and. Right, you know. right. Well, I mean, the thing with it is it's cool, okay, but threads only works in connection with Instagram, okay, and it's like your the place that you go to get long-form content about avocado toast, right? It's like the picture that you see on Instagram, I really want to see this person's long-form content, so then you go over to threads. Okay, and it's this weird, disparate, disconnected experience. It's, it's strange. Right now, there's never been a better time to launch a new social media network, okay? Because Facebook is weird, 
okay? Very few people in our industry or even in, you know, our general age bracket are heavy Facebook users. Like my wife uses it for marketplace to buy kids toys. I've been locked out of my account for like three months and I don't miss it. And you don't miss it, right? It's where my grandmother posts like weird rants about things. And it's other than that, not a thing that most people use, right? You use it for marketplace, maybe that's it. Okay, Twitter, the bird app, X, whatever we're calling it these days, has its own unique issues. Big fan, I love it, use the hell out of it, but it's got its own issues. It's been good to the industry. I mean, exactly. Yeah. And so I, I have a great deal of loyalty to it, but it doesn't do everything, okay? And I mean, even Spaces, for example, is a great example of this, is I would use the hell out of Spaces if I could do it from my computer. The fact that I have to do it from my phone they just changed that. They just changed it? So, so you oh. are in luck there. This happened like a week or two ago. So yeah, that was nice. Okay, so hey, good job, Elon. Yeah, kudos on that one. So, but I mean, that's the thing though, is that it, there isn't kind of your one place stop for all of these things. Right. And there's a tremendous marketplace for this. And I think that's where, where Rep comes in because Rep fills these needs and connects all of these different pieces together in a very positive way while giving you data sovereignty and allowing you to control your own data and not be a product, right? Like, like that's one of the differentiating features between, you know, Web 2 and Web 3, right? You know, Web 1, back in the day, you know, is this kind of weird decentralized thing of a bunch of people running servers on their own, right? Then Web 2 comes and you have all of these web two companies that come doing the free to whatever okay free to host your your pictures free to post social media content nobody pays for twitter right or i mean people do but like but that's not to post anyone can do these things for free nobody pays for facebook well facebook certainly pays the bills how does facebook pay the bills okay and the way that facebook pays the bills is because in web two you're not using the product you are the product and that product is using you. And Web3 attempts to change this. And the question though is how do we take information and concepts from Web2 that are viable, interesting concepts and bring those to Web3 where we, you know, take out the bad, keep the good, and continue building in a positive direction. Neil, no pressure. But, but in all seriousness, I think we're all looking for, for that. And I think that gaming is such an obvious sort of lubricant for that type of, of social economy. You mentioned the, the treasure hunts and whatnot. It sounds like this is a, a way for people to organically sort of stumble on new experiences, new games, things that they would do, which I think is how people like to embrace new content. This is a thought I, I didn't have until you, you shared that, but, but you kind of you like new ideas, new brands, new concepts, not to be shoved in your face, but to sort of just naturally decide you like them. Like your friend has a pair of jeans and, and you see someone else wearing like, oh, those are cool jeans, as opposed to like that jean company saying, you know, buy my jeans tomorrow. Consume. So it sounds like in a lot of ways, there's a social layer of sort of e-commerce that's sort of naturally going to be embedded into a product like this, not because it's e-commerce forward, but because that's what people do as humans. They try new things. They, they ex experience new things together, right? Exactly. That's also primarily where rep stems from, is trying to shift, trying to make things more organic, trying to make discovery a lot more organic. It's not like I have to tell you about this particular game. You found this NFT in the park on your morning jog or something like that. And you, you find this treasure chest. You play this little game and you open it up and there it is. You click it. Maybe you found a dinner for two coupon at the beach at a restaurant. You didn't know about this restaurant before. But now you, you, you go there and, and they just look at your phone. They go use and, and, and they have you sit down and, and do that. So it doesn't have to just be games. Like life is a game in, in, in many aspects. And if we start to think about organic interactions with, with people, 
we can bring that back into social in, into this social platform, this social network. And that's where I would say we're not trying to be like X, Twitter, Threads, Facebook. We're not trying to be like them. What we're trying to do is our own thing. We're trying to bring gamification, improve user engagement, and make this connection between us much more synergistic in the online, like in, in that space. And to touch, a point, to touch upon one point that Jason was talking about, the disconnectedness, like where you're having to shift different apps. You're on Discord, you're on Telegram, you're on YouTube, whatever. Our vision for, for Rep is to have as many of these experiences in one platform. So everyone's engaging in this platform. So, you know, while you're trying to share your opinion on something, you can also play a treasure hunt game. You can play an actual mobile game. You can play all of these things together and still have it be within that social network. You don't have to keep bouncing around. Well, excited to, to check it out and, 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 and follow your, your progress. I'm sure we'll have a lot of updates on, on what you guys are doing in that area. You know, I think one of the key aspects of, of this sort of broader adoption is the vocabulary that we use. And we are talking a little bit about that, Jason, before the interview, that you all are thinking about sort of lexicon for sort of a broader audience a little differently these days. Yeah, this has kind of been something that I've hammered on for close to a decade now in this industry. I've always thought that the, the lexicon that we've used in the blockchain space has been particularly terrible. Um, because, I mean, you take something like cryptocurrency, right? It's almost designed to sound scary, okay? Yeah. And, you know, like, what is this? Well, it's cryptocurrency. What do you do with cryptocurrency? Illegal hidden stuff. Like, that's the, the, the narrative that is, especially at the beginning. I mean, obviously, it's a bit different now, but you go back five, six years ago, you know, you ask people what Bitcoin was five, six years ago, and your res the response that you would have gotten was, oh, well, isn't that the thing that the people buy the drugs with? You know. But fundamentally, it's still confusing. It's still confusing. It's a, t it's a terrible term. It should never have been the term that was chosen. And, you know, we, we did not make this any better with the advent of NFTs, okay? Non-fungible tokens. Oh, that's super fun, guys. Like, you know, non-fungible tokens. It's just not, does not roll off even though it has fun in the name. It has fun in the name, but, but it is... But that's it, about it. But that's it, yeah. And so, so when we look at this, the way that we look at non-fungible tokens, okay, the way that we look at NFTs in general, right, which, by the way, there's a big, gigantic amount of gradation, if you will, between something that's actually non-fungible and something that's a fungible token, but they all kind of get called non-fungible tokens because that's what people call them. We look at them as verifiable digital assets. So your verifiable digital asset is something that you're able to on-chain verify that you own, okay? It has utility in a game, it has utility in a social media network, it has utility wherever it has utility. But it's not an NFT, you know, that, that is, is kind of stuffed off to one side in this weird NFT degen culture. It's a verifiable digital asset that can be anything. It can be anything from real estate to, you know, to, to a, a treasure chest to an in-game item. You know, digital, asset, verifiable, simple, simple. So simple. is this sort of naming live now and is something you're adopting across all of Gallup? We're, 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 looking at, at, we're looking at changing the way that we have this conversation, and this is part of it. The other thing is, is that You'll notice in a lot of the games that we've been releasing lately, you know, look at Dragon Strike or look at Meow Match, things like that, we're really dialing back mentions of blockchain in general. Now, it's still there. It's still part of the tech layer. But the average user does not interface with it unless they need to. And so I think that taking that angle is going to massively help with adoption because we have a lot of people that when they first come into the space, they are kind of alarmed, to be honest, to start dealing with some of these concepts like cryptocurrency and NFTs. But a digital asset is something that they understand. And hey, this is a thing that happens on this distributed ledger, okay? Which is a blockchain, yes, but it's not 
necessary to describe it that way for the average user coming in from, you know, just normie land. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's a reason we evolved the name of NFTLA at Outer Edge LA this year. And I, I am curious what you say to sort of some of the OGs in the space. There's folks in the space that really have an appreciation for certain words that we've used over the last two years and certain concepts. And I'm sure you guys get feedback on that side of the house too. What's your, what's your sort of response to that element of the community? I mean, the way that it, the way that it goes is this: is is you can always use whatever terminology you want, but the question that you have to ask is, what will the long-term impact be of continuing to exist without mass adoption? Because if you acknowledge that the name of something is blocking adoption, you have two options: you either cling to the name and say, this name is really important, okay? Or you modify that name into something else. Now, you see this all the time globally with brands, okay? My favorite example of this is the, the, the Chevy Nova, okay? Now, we haven't, you know, you might see a Chevy, God, they haven't made a Chevy Nova in years, but, you know, the Chevy Nova, okay, is a Nova means a, a exploding star, right? It's a super cool sounding thing in English, but like you put it in Spanish, Nova, it, it doesn't go, right? And so it's like, well, okay, you can try to sell that in Mexico if you want, but you're not going to do very well with it because it's a terrible name for that specific context. You can take a name like cryptocurrency and NFT, and if you are if you're a cryptographically oriented person or you're a person that's in high technology or you're a person that's in, you're an engineer and you're in the software space, these names are fine. They're totally fine, okay? If you're a grandmother who wants to play a cat game, then that's not going to work. And so what we have to say is, okay, are we going to create an ecosystem that is dedicated only to those who are in high technology and early adopters? If we're going to do that, then let's stick with the names we've got. If we're going to build something that can be inclusive and bring everybody on as users, then we need to change some things up. Makes sense. So I think that leads to a broader conversation around what culture and philosophies and tendency you're bringing into these games that you're building, the, the music projects you're working on, the film projects that you're working on. You did a project with Walking Dead, did another game, The Last Frontier, Last Expedition. Last Expedition. Too much, too much going on for me. Too to much, man. Of. Well, we'll get there. We'll figure it out. But, but as you're sort of building all these projects, how are you thinking about gameplay and gamification differently in order to sort of get more folks excited? Well, so di differently, differently than people in this space. Correct. I, okay. I'd say just differently so, in a way that actually creates. Uh, broader adoption. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though. The thing that, that in the blockchain space, and thankfully this is getting a lot better, though, but for the last few years, there hasn't been anyone making any actual games. There haven't been any games out there. There have been some, you know, DeFi protocols with stickers on, you know, which is cool. It's kind of like the Hot Wheels lunchbox with the stickers that you get on it. It's, it's you know, still not going to be as awesome as an actual game, you know. And so what we've been what we've been doing is we've been building and focusing on building amazing games that are amazing gaming experiences first, that are fun first, no matter what. And so you look at Last Expedition. Last Expedition is a fantastic example of this. It's built by Studio Five by Five Studios, based in Austin, Texas, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of Gala Games, and it's led by Phil Wattenbarger. Phil Wattenbarger is the guy who was the project director, I believe, on Halo Infinite and the last Call of Duty multiplayer mods. There's a lot of the same engineers and designers who built Halo Infinite and the last Call of Duty are the ones that are building Last Expedition. It's a AAA first-person PvP, PvE shooter, and it is wickedly fun. And it's wickedly fun whether you give a shit about blockchain or not, or care about NFTs or not. It doesn't matter. What matters is that it's a fun game. And then if you want to 
get involved in what I refer to as like the entrepreneurial metagame, which is where some of the play to earn elements start to come in. This is where you can have your own your own world essentially, and you get to place the place the monsters on that. You could have a potential prize pool for winning your world. You could run your own tournaments. You can do all sorts of things if you want to. That's where blockchain can start to come in and support things. But it's completely optional. You can just have fun with it. Yeah, without I, that. I think one key unstated component here to your strategy is it's not about just targeting that same audience of OG crypto folks, maybe call it 28 to 35 male, right? Like you're, you're releasing a lot of different types of consumable content for different audiences and yes. different age groups. Critical. And and you're sort of, I mean, that's a major part of all this with, with all these different projects, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and, and this is why, you know, we do things in film, we do things in music, and our focus isn't on, gee, how can we make this look super blockchain? It's on how can we take something and make it super blockchain without anyone knowing? that's where we get the the crazy adoption can we touch on the film and music side for a moment yeah sure what's what's going on there is that having oh to my do God. with your, your, your trip here to la it does it does i can't really talk much about the music side of things but but i am very actively involved and we've got some interesting stuff popping off over the next few days in the next week that i'm i'm down here in los angeles for which should be very entertaining and interesting. The music side of things, or the film side of things rather, there's a lot of really, really cool stuff that's going on there. In fact, just a few weeks ago, I got back from San Diego Comic-Con where we had a panel there with, we had, we had a couple different panels. We had Ghosts of Ruin, okay, which is an anime series that's being built on Gala Film. They had a panel in Hall H, which is the big hall. Super cool to go in there and sort of see all of the, the development that has taken place and see some of the trailers. We're doing a bunch of stuff with David Bianchi. Yeah, David's a good friend of ours. Okay, One there of the first go. folks I met in the space several years back. And David's, David's amazing. Yeah, shout out to David and, and what he's building with, with Razor. With Razor, really, super cool. Really incredible. I got a chance to listen to the, the first live read of, of Razor. So. Nice. So, so yeah, you know then, I mean, there's, there's just so much going on and it's beautiful to watch it evolve and grow. Well, we're excited to sort of grow with you as we're sort of wrapping up this conversation. Is there anything else on your roadmap together, Neil, that, that you wanted to, to touch on? Well, I, I think we've touched on the greater vision of what the social network is meant to, to, to be, to help tie things together, to make our interactions more meaningful and engaging. No, I, I think that's pretty much. I would just like to invite everyone to come join our community, to come check out what we've got going on. You can join our Discord at galagames.chat and also follow us at, at GoGalagames on all of the places that you might think to follow us. And pay special attention because we're doing some really cool stuff with rep that they, they could give you basically your own little hardcore home on your own social media, in your own social media space. So pay special attention there. There's a lot of cool stuff coming. All right, maybe there's an edge of NFT broadcast studio in rep at some point. I, I would love there to be an edge of NFT broadcast studio in rep. That would be great. Cool, Neil, where do folks go to learn more about what you're up to with, with rep? And follow you. Yeah, so we most of our discussions are happening at the Gala Discord, so you can learn there, and you can also check us out at rep.run, so rep.run. Cool, one-stop one shopping there. And JC, you've been really generous with us in the past in our community with, with some giveaways. I, I think you mentioned that. Ooh, yeah, I should do a thing, huh? You have some. I, got, I mean, there were so many games coming out. Which, which one are we going to focus on? Let's do this. Let's let's make it extra spicy. Should we do that? I, I like spicy. I've got an ancient tier NFT, a verifiable digital asset, from last expedition that they'll do a giveaway for and they'll tell me who to send it to. Amazing. So however you guys want to handle that on your social media or something like that, but I've got I've got something for, for your community and I will make sure that it is epically awesome. 
I'm, I'm sold. So check that out, listeners. We'll, we'll share more details on our social soon. And I think that's it for, for this Edge of Gala episode. But looking forward to more to come. As, as our listeners have heard, there's a lot to unpack here, a lot going on, a lot of actual launches happening instead of talking. So that's fun for a change. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice, guys. Uh, there's, there's, it's a really busy next few months, so hang in there. Hang in there, and for now, we've reached the outer limit of the edge of NFTs for today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on the Starship, so invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers. They'll make this journey also much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us, say something cool. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Look us up on all major social platforms by typing edge of NFT with no spaces. Start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. Thanks, guys, for joining me. Welcome back to our special new reoccurring segment, The Mocha Moment. We're catching up with the team at Mochaverse on a monthly basis, given the breadth and depth of the special growing ecosystem. Mochaverse is the Animoca brand's membership NFT collection of 8,888 unique beings, the Mochas. They're building the world's largest Web3 identity pass in culture and entertainment, empowering personal growth, partner project growth, and growth of adoption in Web3 in general. For full disclosure, our parent company, Edge of Company, lies within the Mochaverse ecosystem. This regular segment is sponsored as part of our media partnership. Today, we'll focus on some exciting updates around Mochaverse with our guests, Crypto Credo and Mark McGinley. Crypto Credo is a project manager at Animoca Brands, where she coordinates with cross-functional teams and oversees life cycles for various Mochaverse projects. Mark McGinley is an Animoca Brands game director with diverse backgrounds spanning over a decade of in-game design, specializing in system design, 3Cs, AI, and engagement systems. He previously contributed to renowned Ubisoft titles like Far Cry 6 and Rainbow Six Extraction. This week, we're excited to focus the conversation around Makana Odyssey by diving into the Cosmic Hunt in Mocha XP. But first, what is the Cosmic Hunt by Mochaverse? Makana Odyssey is the immersive social experience that aims to challenge one's skills and wit, achieving a high score unlocks Mocha XP and other rewards. Makana is was initially launched in March 2023 on Mochaverse's Play Realm featuring Arc 8, a blockchain-powered gaming platform within the ecosystem. Now Makana is taking a new heights this Thursday, August 24th, with the launch of Cosmic Hunt. Now, with all that background, how does Wakanda manage to challenge individual skills and intellect? And I'll pass this first one over to you, uh, Mark. Um, lots of different ways, basically. So we've been building up to this for a long, long time. Um, it's kind of our uh, experiment, I guess. Um, you know, it's a it's a massive social experiment where we're inspired by um, big collaborative games. So it's basically an experiment where um, you have a a huge map and you're you're digging for for treasure essentially right so you you have limited information um you're digging with your mochas and um basically you know you have some choices you do you share the information with with other members of the community do you work together uh, do you work alone um you know you've got some kind of tools that you're literally you've got some tools in your arsenal that um that you can use to to help you dig and um there's yeah some key decisions strategic decisions to be made basically that's that's exciting. Now I had the uh, opportunity to mint our mochas, and um, we're fond of all of them. But there were definitely some early decisions we had to make around some of the personality traits of our mochas, and you know, it, it ended up deciding what type of mochas they were and um, some other attributes. So I'm, I'm curious if if some of those early decisions are going to bite me or if. Um, if if they were good decisions, any any uh, alpha for us, Mark? Uh, we love we love all our mochas. They're they're all of our babies. So there, there's no uh, there's no bad decisions. Basically, all our mochas are unique in their own special way. I, I personally love love the dreamers. That that's my favorite tribe. So. I, I think that that's the super majority of our mochas. I have to double check. I'll I'll, I'll look after the segment. But that's that's pretty awesome. How does this experience intertwine social engagement, skill building, and rewards? Like, what's what's? Uh, can you get a little bit more specific here in terms of what we're talking about? 
Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let Credo go into the the, the kinds of uh, things here that are on offer here. Yeah, sure. So um, like Mark mentioned, there's going to be uh, a huge map with different kind of hidden information on different plots. Uh, and, you know, mochas have to kind of work together or work individually to reveal information, which will help them to get to like the so-called treasures. Um, so we're basically... Uh, during the design of the game or this experiment, uh, we're looking to see how far we can stretch like decision making uh, and, you know, uh, having some kind of dilemmas when it comes to choices. So from when you choosing like the different tools to uh, deciding on the excavated plots, these are all based on like decision making, which has been kind of a, a common um uh, theme within the the Mokana Odyssey. So, like whether if you choose to, uh, even with for example the gamey activation, uh, there's like two leaderboards. One is like the high score uh, that you've ever achieved, and then one is like the accumulative score. So there's like different reward pools, uh, and it's down to the player or the mochas to decide which leaderboard they're going to go for. If, do they want to spend more time to grind to get the accumulative score high, so then they can secure at least some rewards, or are they going in for the big prize by uh, just trying to hit the the highest score that they can ever achieve? So within the uh, the cosmic hunt, it's down to um, the mocha to share information, uh, to decide on what kind of tools they want, how they're going to spend their batteries, uh, and so on. So the whole thing is it's basically a, a huge experiment that we want to do with our community. Uh, and the focus is to provide like an experience that they've never experienced before uh, and something that our team, so at least me and uh, Mark, <laughs> probably thinks is uh, definitely interesting uh, and, you know, just can't wait to see what everyone's reaction and uh, their actions are going to be within the, the experiment. Man, I'm, I'm feeling like this is going to be a major distraction from productivity for me. This sounds like way too much fun, the ways you guys have sort of created this ecosystem. So I'm, I'm excited. Is there any sort of um, sense of, of what the actual rewards could be um, that you can share at this point? Yeah, so um, in terms of rewards, there's going to be like NFTs or tokens, but I just can't emphasize enough that, you know, the, the whole purpose of this experiment is not really uh, for the rewards. This is like everyone knows it's like season one. Uh, it's, it's almost like a pilot season. So we just want to see how far we can stretch instead of focusing on the prize. So while you're enjoying the, the cosmic hunt or even with the Mokana, you might or might not feel like the, the prize pool, like everyone has probably their own interpretation on, of the size of the prize pool. Uh, but for us, it's the prize pool is one of the tools to leverage uh, and to encourage people to participate, uh, which is what we're going for. So the ultimate goal is to get people to participate uh, and to enjoy this experiment together as a community. Yeah. So. Uh Thanks for elaborating on it. And I think there's a lot of really cool things that you know, Makana has been building with all the different interactions and, and combos that people and users can interact and in, in, in creatively use this within the game. What was the inspiration behind Makana and, and how has it evolved since it launched uh, back in March? Yeah, maybe I can take that question. Um, there's a lot of inspiration that we've got from like web two um, games or projects or just for the whole mokana uh, i think it's more about instead of inspiration it's more about the ultimate vision and the goal so we we know that you know uh, as mochaverse we're positioned as uh, animoca brands like flagship uh, nft project and one of our goals which we've repetitively <laughs> say this numerous times throughout even before launch, is that uh, we want to embody the network effect uh, because the, as you know, like Animoca brands have over like 400 portfolio companies and it's it's constantly growing that I can't even keep up with. <laughs> and um, just like Edge is is part of the the big family, we want to bring actually bring everyone together and create a layer where we can interact and operate uh, and collaborate in like a systematic but also interesting way that we can constantly formulate new ex uh, experiences for our holders uh, and for everyone who's within the family. So I think that's where the whole Mokana uh, Odyssey 
concept came from was to bring all the portfolio companies uh, and you know, even partners together and form new and unique experiences together where we can provide for uh, our community members. And then, of course, we, we took inspiration from like different uh, Web2 companies or games, uh, hence the, the Cosmic Hunt uh, and, you know, having like different leaderboards for uh, different Odyssey campaigns. So just one of the uh, point uh, that may be worthwhile mentioning is that uh, we start, started the Odyssey campaign with like a one-off activation with uh, Gamey, where, you know, we, we just mentioned just now, uh, but we've actually expanded the, the Odyssey um, to uh, other criterias, for example, with like the, the staking requirements, um, so earning XP through staking, which is essentially a form of loyalty, and we want to reward those loyal holders, uh, but also to social, where we have uh, currently have the, the social quests on Zeely. Uh, these are all, and also contribution when it comes to like voting. So these are all intertwined into the XP system. Uh, and, you know, in the future, uh, the the goal is that the Odyssey won't just be with games. It's going to be expand to all the different realms that we've been talking about. Uh, and, you know, Odyssey is it's like a anyone who have read the book, it's about like homecoming. It's about a journey. Uh, it's like an adventure. So we want our community members to go explore different projects and like other members within the Animoca brands family. But eventually it's the Mocha XP. That's like the homecoming part, which brings them all back together within one community. It's really exciting. And uh, I'm honored to be part of it. Um, definitely going to sort of set the date on our calendar and Richard and I will have to sort of have um, some break time to, to really dive in. Uh, I want to sort of talk more about XP, but um, before we wrap this segment, um, Mark, I, I, I got to ask you one more question. You, you, you've been in the gaming world for such a long time and, um, you know, play this key role in Animoca brand sort of overall gaming ecosystem. Uh, what, what excites you the most about this particular sort of adaptation of, of your superpowers? And is there any sort of features that you're excited about that we haven't covered yet? Oh, that's a big question. I mean, I my back so my background is is pretty broad. So I, I started out and in, in working for indie studios, um, and then kind of graduating into free to play. So free to play was a new thing when I was kind of uh, young in the industry, right? So like learning that whole kind of transition of of, of how do you monetize content? How how does the the business model change? Um, was really interesting and exciting to me. And uh, a few years ago, I was kind of watching the the play to earn space evolve, and I was just kind of blown away with how similar it was to the free-to-play movement and and seeing how some games companies are really scared of it and and some uh, were really embracing it and so for me Animoca was a great fit for that it was you know about um digital ownership and property rights and and about players really owning their assets and I feel like that's that's really something that we're really trying to push forward um and and one thing that we haven't really talked about a lot um in, in terms of our design decisions that, that, that influence things at animoca is we think about nfts as store of culture um rather than like a, a coin like ethereum or um bitcoin being a store of value um, so culture is really important to us you know culture is something that's that's not just created from thin air it's, it's something that's instilled in our communities um, so really, like all of our design decisions, like the XP system is a good example. The drives is a, a great example of like how we're actually trying to build culture. And we believe that floor, floor price is a reflection of culture and uh, not necessarily like the other way around. People, you know, design for a floor price and we design for culture and the floor, floor price follows. Um, right. So it's yeah. So the XP system has is, is really come from that in, in the sense that we've been um trying to like we're okay if, if people just want to hold our nfts that's fine they're participating in their way um, but we think it's a lot more fun if if they jump in and be an active part of the community um so that's all, all of our experiences that we're looking to build now are, are really ways that we can engage people get them to experience new things that they've, they've not experienced in web3 um, get them to interact with other people uh, in a social way and really form this this really tight-knit community and uh, you know Mokas are strong, but like they're much stronger together. Um, and that's kind of like the culture that we want to instill, I think. Yeah, that that's beautiful. So um, for those of you that are on top of, of things, we're going to share on social this information, but you can actually check out the Mokana 
Cosmic Hunt Launch Countdown AMA on Twitter uh, Spaces August 23rd. And if you're listening to this or, or watching this after, then that's totally fine. Um, don't don't fret because uh, that recording will be available on Twitter Spaces for a couple of weeks. So you can check it out after the fact and, and sort of catch up on everything um, and hear everyone else's burning questions. But otherwise, uh, Richard, I don't know about you, but I'd love to dive into Mocha XP a little bit more. Definitely. Um, so what is Mocha XP? It's a dynamic point system igniting from the heart of Mocha NFT holders engagement. As you stake, dive into activation, spark up social connections and the power of Mocha DAO, your Mocha XP surges, setting the stage for thrilling rewards and exclusive seizing and perks. So looking at this, how does Mocha XP system effectively capture and incentivize engagement from Mocha NFT holders in a way that goes beyond traditional point systems? Um, Credo, I know you're talking about it a little bit earlier, but but I'd, I'd like to hear um, both your and Mark's kind of like deeper dive into this side, because I think this is a really unique part of the of of what you're doing. Yeah, um, since I, I talked about it just now, uh, I can maybe add some points and then I will pass it on to Mark. Um, so I think the whole idea is gamification, uh, which is a word that's been thrown around a lot. Uh, but for us, it's it's about how we make things interesting uh, and, you know, something that we everything that we push out, it has to be something that our team members would personally want to participate in. So, for example, like Cosmic Hunt, I personally find it interesting and I think the most majority of our team members find it interesting. Uh, and, you know, Cosmic Hunt is uh is launching at the very end of the season one. And because it's kind of like a, a recap of everything that we've learned through the, the XP system. Uh, and also almost as if like, a, it's like a, uh, the finale for, for season one. So it's like, you've earned your XP uh, in the past few months. Now it's your time to, to earn it, uh, to, to actually use it, uh, use it wisely and however you want to, to use it within the, the system. So the XP, um, is intended for uh, a very long time, like a run time, a very, like a very long time, so that we can um, constantly integrate new experiences and still use like the, the same XP system so that um, the value uh, accrued to um, from like the, the different campaigns uh, are so members can actually compare like different values uh, and understand that the XP system is like a, a way to earn additional benefits uh, and also as like a, a reward for their loyalty and engagement. So Mark, is there anything else you would like to yeah. add? Yeah, maybe Mark, you can kind of talk a little bit more about the mechanics um, behind it and sort of how it relates to the Mocha DAO. Sure. I mean, we've we've seen a lot of XP systems or staking systems or soft staking systems where, you know, you stake your NFT and you earn points and then you can spend your points on, on stuff. Um, and those are kind of interesting, but like, I think they're overdone. You know, there's a lot of projects that are doing them and, and not really doing creative things with them. So we're trying to take it a step further and, you know, every every thing we award XP for. So we have a bunch of actions that you can do in the ecosystem. And everything that, that we award XP for is something that has value to the ecosystem. So it's something that has value to other players. So that's holding and staking your assets or it's um, interacting with, uh, you know, socials and, and being part of the community and, and you know, participating in art contests and, and things like that or participating in a DAO. And um, so voting in a DAO, we're using XP to incentivize this because one of our missions at Animoca is to um, to really get people to understand the the importance of governance uh, in the Web3 space and, you know, for the future and, and kind of human rights and stuff. Like, we, we think this is where um, things will go um, in terms of, like, uh, population governance as well, right? So it's kind of baby steps towards that. Um, but so first thing is, like, incentivize people to dip their toes in and, and really to, to make a vote. And, you know, you have a Mocha, one vote, one Mocha, one vote. And so come to the DAO and, and currently uh, we've got this really interesting uh, mechanism where um, the the Mocha DAO has has been delegated a, a portion of um, of ApeCoin. So and we're we're doing votes which reflect the same votes that are going through the ApeCoin DAO. Um, so the idea is you can vote with your Mocha and that um, depending on the outcome in the Mocha DAO, it will vote in that we will vote in on their behalf um, in the the ApeCoin DAO. 
Um, so this is really interesting. And, and this is just one mechanism, right? So we have the different tribes and each of the tribes is a different kind of personality or a different theme. Yeah. Uh, and so we're trying to, you know, governance is one part of that, but, um, you know, we've got creativity, um, we've got like entrepreneurship, you know, those kind of uh, values as well that we're incentivizing through XP. Yeah, I, I love all of that. And it was a lot of fun to moderate one of those debates um, that, in fact, uh, one of the winners of the election ended up uh, winning, uh, wham, bam. So, so it's pretty, pretty cool to have an opportunity to be part of that process. And, you know, it's an example of how you all are, are sort of including all of us in the ecosystem into um, as participants. There's one interesting aspect of, of all this that we haven't got into yet, which I think is also quite important, which is is battery power, right? Um, you know, I think uh, we talk about this a lot a as a team. Um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, you can only do so much in a day. Uh, I think uh, we had a wellness component to Outer Edge, right? It it's important to like, on all sides of it, not to to encourage people not to to binge essentially, and to sort of spread spread out their, their time and energy. Um, how do you see that sort of uh, influencing participant choices and approaches as they navigate um, the realm of, of McKenna? Um, so uh, I think maybe we need to talk a bit about how the mechanics work of the game. So because this is one of the more in-depth mechanics. So basically it's an excavation game, right? So you're exploring the map, as we, we mentioned before. Um, your mocha with your XP that you've you've earned through the staking and through the other kind of engagements, you'll spend that in the in the store, um, or the mocha depot, and um, you basically get to pick your tools. Um, so the different tools have different battery sizes, different battery capacities, and they can dig up um, different uh, tiers of relics. So the the different relics have different um, likelihoods of of certain prizes. Um, so basically, yeah, you have choices to make, you know, do you, do you go for a tool that has a bigger battery, which allows you more opportunities to dig, um, or do you go with a tool that's, that's maybe a lower battery and you have, uh, the ability to dig up something that's maybe more precious, but, um, the caveat is if you find it, um, you know, you know, you're not guaranteed to find these rewards. So there are, there are the factors of the game that you kind of can influence your ability to find things, um which is really fun and the community obviously as well. But uh, yeah, so there's a kind of trade-off between like, you know, battery size versus um, big potential. Yeah. It's sort of, do you want to go surgical or do you want to just take the chainsaw out? Right. Chainsaw, um, I think was one of the early designs for a tool. Was it, was it not Peter? Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, but I realized that you, you can't really dig with a chainsaw. <laughs> you, 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 I'm sure someone could figure out a way to do that, but but yeah, um, that that's fun. Uh, well, really excited uh, to dig into these tools, and yes, that was a very intentional pun because we're talking a lot about digging on on this episode, and you know, just in general, everyone just excited about this August 24th launch, um, and uh, some of these really unique strategic uh, considerations and player. Act interactions it, it sounds like we're going to learn together what happens and, and and i know you guys are going to be popping the popcorn sort of in addition to participating seeing if you were right about what some of the actions are that people will take or or not take in the game so we'll have to check in with you um after this all plays out and see how it goes we are we're super excited yeah it's uh one big hole uh experiment so we'll stay agile as well uh, and we have different kind of precautions uh when you know seeing different patterns of behavior um to kind of you know adjust the game or the the cosmic hunts as well so we're excited to see uh how people react and you know yeah not everything is not everything's revealed on day one either um so that's 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 a really interesting factor gotta give now, the people something to keep coming back for Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I think one thing that we talked about um, at the very beginning, and, and in fact, um, you know, was shared at Outer Edge is that there is a IRL component to um, Mochaverse as well. I think that the power of, of, of Web3 is connecting both digitally and, and in real life. And Richard and I are hitting the road 
uh, soon. We'll be in uh, South Korea, and then we'll also be in Singapore. And rumor has it we're going to be able to meet some of the Mocha family in Singapore at, at Token 2049. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So we're having a official side event uh, that's going to be hosted by Mochaverse and Mocha Brands and the Sandbox. Uh, we'll also have some rolling events, consists of VIP networking, uh, Mochaverse after party, uh, also some super exclusive event to meet and mingle with like the best player uh, in Web3 and NFT industries, uh, including Yet, Seb. Uh, and a few more that I, I can't really disclose at the at the moment. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're going to also be introducing something uh, quite interesting that we'll be working on uh, in the future uh, at the event. So yeah, if you can make it, uh, definitely recommend heading over and, you know, just take part in the events as well. That's awesome. Well, uh, that's a wrap for this segment. We really appreciate you all spending a little bit of time with us during this busy pre-launch time. We know how uh, intense these these times can be. Uh, maybe just if you could share with with folks where they can learn more about yourselves and uh, keep keep in touch with what's going on in Mochaverse. Uh, and if you don't have a Mocha yet, this might be the right time to to pick one up on the floor. Oh, yeah, you can, yeah, you can tune into mochaverse.xyz is, is the website to see all things Mocha. Yeah, it's uh, it's always a good time to pick up a, a Mocha. So, <laughs> but Thanks, if, and... if you do it fast enough, then you can maybe join the, the cosmic hunts as well. Absolutely. And if you want to track uh, what's going on with Mochaverse on Twitter, that's going to be M-O-C-A-V-E-R-S-E-N-F-T um, on Twitter. Well, thanks everyone for joining us and we'll talk soon. The views and opinions expressed on Edge of NFT reflect solely those views and opinions of the show hosts and its guests. Please make sure to do your own research. Our show is not financial advice. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk. Whenever making financial decisions, we recommend doing your own research and talking to your accountant for financial advice. From time to time, we may feature sponsored content on the show for which we receive value, and we may share links for which we receive a commission if you make a purchase through one of those links. Refer to our website, www.edgeofnft.com, for our full disclaimer, terms and conditions, and privacy policy.